Welcome back to the coffee shop, everybody. It's Zach and Kevin here hosting another show. How you doing, Kevin? Doing fantastic, brother. As you know, my life is packed up and in suitcases. I'm heading to Francais uh, tomorrow, so this is a big one, big episode for us. Au revoir, mon ami, headed to France. <laughs> Absolutely, and you already know we're going to be doing shows from from France. I'm going to try to get the Eiffel Tower in the background of some of my shots, but. This is a, a sort of a life in boxes kind of moment for me. So just to step away, get to get to chop it up about some sports with a homie. That's a, that's the greatest gift that's ever been given. Well, happy you can make some time because we've had some busy schedules recently. Big time. Always good to be back in the pod, though. So I'm happy to Big be time. here as well. Absolutely. Well, starting off the show, we got our first sip segment today. Where we take just a brief little conversation on whatever sports subject we feel like starting off the day with. And today, yes, sir. we're going to do a little NBA Finals recap. How you feel about that? Dude, I feel fantastic about it. I, I don't love it because, you know, we have this segment on the show that we like to call Grounds in My Cup, where we, you know, talk about, you know, a sports take that went wrong for us. Uh, you know, we love our coffee metaphors. Um, speaking of Grounds in My Cup, we had our first groundsy coffee uh, last week. It wasn't the worst thing in the world, but... It's not the best thing in the world, that's for sure. Um, Certainly not. But, you know, um, I got a little bit of a groundsy cup right now because I definitely thought Miami would put up more of a fight. Um, so I'm here to own that. You did say dog walk, and I would like to say gentleman sweep uh, classifies as a dog walk. So I'm going to take my medicine on that one. That's one thing that's going to separate us from other shows. We we hold a space for accountability. Um, Always. Yes, sir. Maybe I absolutely... We- make sure to remind each other when we're right or not that's the best part honestly yeah you gotta you gotta proclaim your takes um loud and proud and and zach and i joke about this all the time because um sometimes i'll I'll clip segments and and i'll put a hedge in there and he'll be like cut the hedge i don't want the hedge (laughs) he'll be like i'm 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 standing behind my my takes so you know i i respect the hedge you know uh you know when i used to go all in on my parlay zach would roast me um he'd be like yo just just hedge it bro and and yeah, I guess well, hedging not the same with hedging uh, financial bets is quite a different story. Yeah, yeah. hedging being like, hey, I think the Nuggets are going to win, and hedging being like, I bet you two hundred dollars that this four leg parlay hits is a different yep. story. Yep, dude, we we actually had the homie, believe it or not. Um, Sam was so swept up. Shout out to Sam. He was so swept up in our conversation. He saw the best odds. I don't know if he told you about this, but he saw the best odds, um, or the the highest payout odds were on Nuggets and six. And that was my company line. So he wow. took it. He put some bones down on, on Nuggets and Six. So I want to publicly apologize to Sam. Um, but but let's, let's get to me, into Sam. the remember this yeah. forward. You should have listened to me. Let's get into the let's get into the, the series. Let's get into to what, what happened. So so we talked about, you know, way zoomed out, you know, how the series shook down. But did anything surprise you at all about what you saw on court? No, I think kind of we saw a lot of what i was expecting except for maybe a little bit of a diminished offensive output i think that was a little bit surprising um throughout the whole series none of these teams were really scoring like crazy points we never saw like 130 plus point games and well i mean the nuggets don't play an incredibly fast-paced game seeing both teams just be able to hold each other to such like low point totals that were 
we're barely breaking 100 points on these games. It's not really something you see in today's NBA all that much. There's a lot of like high flying, three point shooting, right. like 120, 130 point shootouts. Right. And it's, that's not the series we saw. Both these teams were playing really, really great defense, especially game five, where we saw the Nuggets just, I mean, the last 15 stifling. minutes of that game was They're just stifling. Yeah. I mean, they, everybody was trying their absolute hardest every play. There were series where the Heat are making all the right passes, getting all the right moves. And there was a guy there every single time. And yeah. it was just, a masterclass of defense and I think effort from the Nuggets, which I really respected. Definitely. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for how this series shook down. I have a lot of respect for how Denver went out there and competed and did their thing. Um, Jokic established himself as a top three player on the planet. Um, some might say top one. Um, I don't know if I'm ready I'm to say the that top one at yeah. the moment, but I can dig it. I can respect the take. Um, one thing that I want to address, there's a lot of, there's a lot of NBA fans who said this was this series was boring. Okay. Now, Zach, was this a boring series? I think if you're not a fan of the two teams or a diehard fan of the NBA, sure. I mean, it wasn't high scoring. And that's what people when when someone says, Oh, this was a boring series, all they mean is there wasn't a lot of points scored. And in that case, yeah, you're probably right. There wasn't a lot of points scored. To me, I thought it was a fantastic series. These two teams were playing hard there were some really close games but i'll give you it didn't go to game six it didn't go to game seven so you lose a little bit of that suspense feel and kind of at the end there that last game you really didn't see the heat really show up to the point that you were going to have like a great great game like like jimmy basically just disappeared until the last couple minutes of that game yeah so i get it i get how it could be kind of boring but i think the likability of these two teams and just also watching the Nuggets stars really just play their hearts out at the last bit made it not boring to me. I think the last 10 minutes of game five was just phenomenal basketball. Yeah. I'm here to say that if you are a diehard NBA fan or not a fan of these two teams, I'm here to say that it's okay to have been bored. I will give you the green light on that because you know, man, like, I love the NBA as much as the next guy. I'm always going to be an NFL is king kind of guy. That's just the company line. But I love the NBA as much as the next guy. I didn't. I hardly miss any Knicks games this season. Um, I, I caught as many of the big games as I could. And I'm here to tell you that it's okay if you were bored, okay? The, the superstar displays, apart from Jokic and Murray, were nil. I guess Bam Adebayo really looked like the best player on the Heat which we know from years that it's obviously Jimmy Butler and he's been the best player maybe in the entire NBA for a majority of the playoffs just wasn't in this series. Unfortunately, Um, no games really down to the wire in this series at all, which is something that I'm always, you know, here for. I sign my name on the dotted line. You tell me there's going to be a buzzer beater or a buzzer beater attempt. I'm all about it. I felt like we hardly had any of that in this series maybe the game at the heat one if i recall correctly maybe jamal murray had a shot at the buzzer to try to tie it um that was a that was a close one there were there were some close ones there just wasn't any like astounding moments there was no nail biting back and forth you know yada yada it was it felt really like every game you kind of had a feeling primarily just dominated in that yeah yeah kind of it was it was a very dominant um performance by the nuggets and 
you know, yeah, like I said, give them their flowers. And and Michael Malone is a terrific coach. I think he proved that he belongs in the upper echelon of NBA coaches. I think a lot of the times it takes a lot in the NBA to, you know, get your reputation where where it needs to be. And I think it's about time that Michael Malone gets his respect, gets his flowers. Spolstra, I mean, that dude has more flowers than a, a wedding day. Already a fantastic He's coach, yeah. Everybody knows he's one of the best coaches. He's up there with, with Pop. Um, I really think he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. Um, so who do you think after this series? I mean, Nuggets win 5-1. Who, who do you think yeah. legacy? Yeah, you're right. I'm so sorry. In, in five games. Yeah. Um, who do you think's legacy was more affected by this series between Nikola Jokic and Jimmy Butler? Do you think the win is more important for Jokic's legacy or the another loss is more important for Jimmy Butler's legacy? Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up. I'm definitely not one who's going to ever punish players for losing the big game. If you make it to the big game, that's something to be celebrated. You know, um, I've heard a lot of the discussion about, oh, LeBron lost this many finals. You know, Brady lost this many Super Bowl. Is that really true? Well, I mean, I mean, as a Bills fan, that's kind of, I think, maybe where I have that perspective. Are you um, as happy without a Super Bowl? Well, you no, obviously not. Any, no, any sort of, of there's no disappointment? There's always, oh, there's an extreme amount of disappointment. But but think of it, this is how, you know, I used to be the biggest Tom Brady hater. Um, and then, you know, and I would say, like, he lost four Super Bowls. And that was, like, my feather in my cap. Like, that made me feel good about saying he wasn't the GOAT. And then somebody was like, oh, you're going to punish him for second place? You're going to punish him? Do you punish olympic athletes when they say they have four silver medals like no those are celebrated second place in the olympics is not especially in the olympics no one talks about the silver medal winners you don't know the the record counts for your team and it doesn't make you a worse olympic athlete if you have x amount of silver medals the record holder of the silver medals for usa no, but that's I can name Could him you the name record holder for medal. I mean, unless is it Michael Phelps? That's the only it's Michael Phelps. Exactly, oh, you you, you know it. But, but it, that's, it matters more. But but I agree with you. I understand the the point that you're trying to make, and I'm glad that you're making it because I, you're not going to catch me doing that. I, I championship or bust doesn't exist to me. I I think you have to be as good as you can for as long as you can and hope to get lucky. That's what they say. That's that's the slogan. Um, it's the Bills fan slogan. Um, you know I don't we. Know if I, I don't know if I can get on board with that because I think after you look back, Jimmy Butler's a fantastic player. Yeah. Phenomenal. At at times, like you said, looked like one of the best players, if not top five in the NBA. Yeah. This postseason for sure. But if he goes his career without an NBA finals, he will be looked at differently. If he doesn't have a championship by the end of his career, that will affect his legacy. Yeah, the and same way like that great. it affects he Mellows. It finals. Exactly. Like, you don't look at these guys the same because they don't have a ship. And, I mean, even when you're talking about the LeBron-Jordan conversation, where everybody always goes back to, well, Jordan's got all the championships. LeBron doesn't have that many. Same thing. Like, LeBron may outscore him, but people care a lot about the championships. And yeah. I mean, LeBron I, has I him now. Fair. He's getting there. I mean, he's, he doesn't have the six, but he's... And and I, should LeBron be punished if he makes it five times more than Jordan ever made it? You know, it adds into the conversation. But again, I mean, but we're it doesn't. But about, do you think it should hurt them though? Yeah, I mean, I do. You do. I, you I, think losing in the championship? It, would you rather lose in a divisional round? No, obviously, you'd rather make it. But there, I think well, when you're yeah, talking then, about when we're having this conversation about legacy, right? Not not necessarily like how they are as a player. 
But yeah. when you're talking about someone's legacy, you don't usually bring up how many championships they went to. It's not as flashy. And even if you it's do definitely bring it not, up, no. Uh, yeah, it's important to keep it in perspective. I'm not saying going is as good as winning, but it's not something that should that people should be punished for. You know what I mean? Like not punished for, but just not. I think I Dame don't, I don't think gets looked at more favorably than Jimmy. And Jimmy's gone twice and Dame hasn't gone once. But I think Dame is a perfect conversation because if you were to talk to me about the player talent of Dame, Damian Lillard versus Steph Curry, there's not a giant gap. I think we could probably I think there's I think there's a nice sized gap. Myself. There's a good gap. But if I personally you think put, Steph is significantly better than Dame. But let's say like you put Dame on that yeah, Warriors on team. Those Warriors teams, run, yeah. They're still probably winning the finals. I agree. I think I think that's fair. And if you put Steph on the Trailblazers, they're certainly not. I think they'll they would be closer. For whatever Maybe, that's worth. But not enough yeah. to win a finals. I don't think either of us think that Trailblazers team was a finals team at any point during the Some Dame's of them. Career, I don't know. Really. The Lamarcus Aldridge teams were pretty solid. Those teams so, those teams that's a long they time had, ago. <laughs> yeah, a big time. No, it is. It's forever ago now. Um and it is what it is, unfortunately. But that's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, but Dame and, will, will be remembered differently. I mean, regardless of how, how well we know him now and how great of a player he is now, in 20 years with no titles, Dame will be remembered differently because yeah, he didn't he will. win any of them. Yeah, he will. And you know what? It, I, I don't think that that's unfair. I do think that there does need to be that scrutinous. Did they get to the top of the mountain once in their career? I will always say that. And that's why when we've had historically, you know, we've had Hall of Fame debates, you and I, and I'll always, always throw rings in the discussion then. And I think yeah, they're they're relevant. But I think that they help a case. I, I've used this metaphor before. Rings are like stars in Mario Party. If you have like two stars and like a bunch of coins, like the coins are sweet, but you can't win a game just with coins. You know what I mean? If you have five rings, if you have five stars, chances you win the game at the end is very high. You have five chips. So what you're saying is you're Jimmy going to the Butler hall. Can't be a Hall of Famer without a ring. Not surefire. Not 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 surefire. I think Do you he still think can. Could be. Yes, I think Melo's a Hall of Famer. I mean, that's we're not sure yet. He that's yet to be seen. I think he'll be but, a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's got the career for it, but like you said, rings matter, especially when you're talking Absolutely. about a Hall of Fame debate. But they're not the end-all, be-all. I think if we're talking between Jokic and Jimmy. Jokic's I legacy do. was elevated so much by this game because he got the finals MVP and the finals in his first go. That's huge. I think it's more important for him, just, especially just because he's just a player who has been doubted more. You know, he's he's a player that people have been kind of like, when he came into the league, it was like, how much is this? Is he going to really understand how much of this is he going to grasp? And he just right. got better and better. And then yeah. that's been the conversation with the Nuggets. The whole their whole time has been like, oh, like when's the floor going to fall out? They're not going to yeah. make it. They're not going to. I mean, no one other than freaking Charles Barkley, who shocker was like, the Nuggets are going to the finals, and everybody kind of joked at him at the beginning of the year. That was pretty funny. And they went through and they did it, and it was kind of like a everybody's waiting for them to fail. And now yeah. that he has that ring, I feel like there's a different level of respect. Like sure. Definitely. He got the MVPs and they knew he was great, but it was like, he, he they're not good enough to win a final. Well, they did. And I think yeah. when you look back at Jokic's career after this point, you're going to see 
two MVPs and an NBA finals and a finals MVP, that changes the caliber of the conversation completely. Yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how the Jimmy Butler debate rages on. But I got nothing but love for him and his effort. I think part of it for me does have to do with how much he disappeared during this. Yes, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair like that as a as a wrinkle in this debate that we've been having is holds weight. And I've been kind of just talking broadly about Jimmy Butler, the player, and about his legacy and about what he's done in his history. But, but talking this final, talking the this way specific finals that did well, that didn't taint kind of his career a little bit. It's just kind of bizarre because that dude was putting the team on his back every single time that they needed him. He had the S on his chest and he just ran out of fairy dust. It felt yeah. like it just felt like he ran out of fairy dust. Yeah, just not enough in his tank when it really mattered at the end. I mean, it always kind of felt like the Heat were sort of due for a regression to the mean. I kept thinking it was going to happen in the New York series. Um, I just felt like watching these role players, watching, I I said it before on the show, I was joking, but Caleb Martin turned into LeBron James in this series. Uh, Duncan Robinson was incredible. Uh, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, these players were playing incredible basketball. And that's what championships championship teams do they get hot at the right time but it always felt like it would be a little unsustainable and it just it took them until the last dance to to uh turn back into a pumpkin so you know talking about stats when you look at caleb martin he he did cool down as well too i mean he was hitting he was not 37 percent right 37 percent of his field goals 33 percent of his three-pointers which is great I mean, Kyle Lowry was hitting 42%, which is just absolutely crazy. Yeah, Lowry stayed pretty hot. Even Lowry was one of the best players on, on the court for the Heat in the yep. series. No, they're great, but they just got outplayed at the end. So They got outplayed, and they the better team won, and that's the important thing. Um, I love the philosophical discussion about do rings matter for legacy because I think, obviously, the answer is obviously yes. Has to be I yes. guess the Has question be becomes yes. how much, right? because maybe too you know, much but i yeah, think i think so too much is the truth i think like when you're talking about those debates down the road it just comes up it's it's such a huge conversation yeah the and the, the longer and longer you get removed from a player's active career the more and more things like that matter because it's the more yeah. and more like things you have to pinpoint throughout their yeah. career question for you and this is a this is a philosophical question as well I saw a a, a nice prompt on Twitter today. This is our Bills minute. If Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills only win one in his entire career, are you satisfied as a Bills fan? My answer is hell yeah. That's my answer. I love Josh Allen, and I think he can win multiple, but I just want that one, baby. I just want to rip that Band-Aid off. That is the most important thing is getting that one, getting over the hump. I think specifically because... And not like any disrespect. I think it's because he's a bill. If you if he's a like as a bill, if you bring that first title home, yeah, you're satisfied. I mean, I could care if he brings two, three, great. But if he brings one, I'm happy. There's different <sighs> expectations for different teams. You know, if you're if you're a patriot and you've got a dynasty quarterback and he only brings you one ring, he's constantly gonna get compared to Brady. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean and the same with like Rogers Favre. Rogers and Favre, yeah. Neither of them yeah. could one up the other. I mean, one one ring apiece. I mean, Ben Ben got two 
That's pretty cool. That's pretty impressive. No, absolutely. But if I'm That's... the Bills, I'm taking one. Josh Allen, one. Yeah. Great. You're the best quarterback the Bills have ever had. Literally. Like, I, mean, that, I mean, he he is now, I think, he... in my opinion. He's I think that's fair. Better than no, Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly, four four Super Bowls in a row is a level of greatness that we have not yet seen since, and we might um, never see again. Just from a talent standpoint. But from a talent standpoint, absolutely. Just what that what seventeen does is just yeah, it's it's inhuman. It's it's. But beautiful. if he brings a Super Bowl home to Buffalo, he's a legend. He's, he's a an legend. Absolute legend. I mean, he again and again for whatever it's worth, he already is to a certain extent. But there is a a, a ceiling that that. Everybody like knows he's capable of. Rings yeah. matter. No, and, and it does. It, 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 so if, he, if, if we lose, if 17 comes and goes and we never get a Super Bowl, it will be one of the, out of all of Buffalo sports history, it will be one of the biggest punches in the stomach. I just don't even want to talk about it or think about it. So yeah, don't we can worry, move on. Don't speak it into existence. The, the Bills right, minute well, is wrapped no. up. Super Bowl's coming. It's a great coming. time, too. Well, we're yeah. going to move on from NBA here. We're going to hop into the NFL a little bit. I want to talk to you about about a little bit of what's riding on this season. Yes, sir. And specifically, I mean, there's every, always every year you've got different players who got stuff riding on. They're going to have a lot of expectations on them going yeah. into the season. So I want to talk to you. Who is a quarterback that you think heading into this season has the most riding on this season? Who has the most on their plate that if this season doesn't go well, it's going to be bad for them? I'm really glad you bring this up. There's a handful of names that we talked about pre-show that we wanted to talk about. And one of the names that I mentioned kind of raised your eyebrows a little bit. It kind of piqued your interest a little bit. But it's a conversation that I'm not shying away from. And I don't want the uh, the fans of this specific team to think I have it out for them or for their golden do, child we'll, quarterback. We'll, from that. we'll see. We'll see. The jury's out. I, I just think that there's a certain level of, of expectations, a certain level of accountability that we see for certain players. And I think we've seen certain players evade said accountability for X, Y, and Z reasons. And I'm looking no further than a name that's been in my mouth all off season. I'm not to, you know, I'm not trolling him. I'm not calling him a social media quarterback, but I need to see more from Justin Herbert this year, Zach. I think that Justin Herbert has been anointed as a top five quarterback by the media, by the fans. I think that Justin Herbert has underperformed. I think that the eye test, apart from his cannon of an arm, doesn't show me a top five quarterback. I'm waiting to see that him enter that echelon. And this year to me is the year where I'm either in on Herbert or I'm out. I don't know if I agree with you on that, on that point. I think, I mean, if you're talking from an individual player, like talent and statistical output, Justin Herbert is a top five quarterback. I mean, he was second in the NFL in pass yards last year. He was top five in completion percentage when you have attempts over three or 400. Mm -hmm. It's his touchdowns. He had 25 touchdowns, whereas last year he had 38. Which 25 took, touchdowns. Zach. Compared to 38, but he had 38 last year and he had the same statistics last year. Like this wasn't a different quarterback. This was 13 touchdowns. Did you have this man in fantasy by any chance in any of your leagues? No, no, dude, me neither. And I'm thankful for it because he absolutely burned your team to the ground. If you had Justin Herbert, you had to overpay for him. But if we're and talking from an NFL standpoint, then fantasy, you got to take a little different. Touchdowns NFL standpoint. 
But NFL standpoint, Zach, who who who's he over? Who are you moving out of your top five for him? I mean, I, there's I a think couple names hovering around that five spot that I wouldn't take that I wouldn't move him ahead of. A couple. Yeah, I mean, I just think he he deserves the conversation to be in the top five. Like that, the top five can be a little bit subjective. I think you locked in Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. If by then, deserves to be in that conversation, you mean, how about Justin Herbert? No, then I agree. Okay. Well, if you're talking <laughs> specifically comparison to his stats where last year he threw for 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. By last his year, rookie, you mean 2021, the fo- two years ago. Yeah, yeah, the year prior. Right. The year, his rookie year, he threw for 4,300 yards, 31 touchdowns. This last year, 4,700 yards. The only difference... 25 touchdowns instead that's that's a big gap that's tough it's that's not like tough. the chargers were bad they rushed in a ton of touchdowns no way that's higher true. than the nfl average that's absolutely rate. true they have allison eckler it's super reasonable and touchdown he was missing regression. both of his wide receivers for a majority of the season and his ribs were broken and his shoulder was broken and brandon staley was his head coach and he stubbed his toe before the game and, he and threw for four thousand yards i know not- i know I'm not even going from a like a dialogue standpoint of like we're being subjective with his coach, whatever. Get all that away. Like, sure, they they hella disappointed in the playoffs, but from a statistical standpoint, he's up there with the big dogs. Up there with and present company, you know, but in the stratosphere of yes, but in the in the realm of like in the airspace of like, I just think you're right. I think Mahomes, Allen Burrow. Un, unequivocally top three four I, I think Jalen Hurts did enough to earn his way up to being in the top four with his statistics with his rushing he only output threw for 22 passing touchdowns so with your standards how many rushing it, how many rushing that matters I think that's on my list right here but it matters I'm sure a lot <laughs> I was gonna say uh, um yeah I, I when it comes to quarterback play if you rush the touchdown in instead of throw it I don't knock you for that do you count goal line rushes then yeah so oh goal line rushes like for the running back you mean no where a majority of Hertz's rushing touchdowns were goal line touchdowns yeah but i mean that's no different than a fade back in the early 2000s how hilarious is the fade by the way i absolutely love the analytics crowd now just dumping on the fade the fade it's, it's kind of so funny i know oh, it's it. it's one of my it's, i mean routes, it's but. classic i mean we love it because we grew up in the nfl during a different time, you know, like we we saw, you know, players like Des Bryant, you know, players like Marvin Harrison execute the fade to like the craziest level that's even humanly possible. The fade yeah. is a low percentage play. So let me give you some stats here. Yeah, please. Between, well, because between if I are you going to compare, you're going to compare Hertz and, and Herbert? No, no, I don't think that's no. a fair comparison. Very different players. Yeah. Um. Okay. So passing yardage. 4,700 yards compared to 4,283. Yards per attempt, 6.8. Yards per attempt, 7.6. Six, holy crap. Did you know Justin Herbert threw almost 700 passes last year? 699. That's That's crazy. That's insane. Compare that to 567. Completion percentage, Herbert, 68.2. Other quarterback, 63.3. Touchdowns, 25 for Herbert. Other quarterback, 
35. Herbert, How many rushing touchdowns for that other quarterback? I will vet this, but let me like. Um, <laughs> other quarterback, uh, Justin Herbert, 10 interceptions. Second quarterback, 14 interceptions. We're going to do third down conversion rate. Justin Herbert, 93.2. No, this is not third down conversion rate. That can't be accurate. I was going to say, that's freaking insane. Be insane. No, this Maybe is passer third... rating. Okay, this is passer rating. So 93.2. Second quarterback, 96.6. So similar. Let me give you the yeah. rushing. I'd like to say that the other quarterback, despite the sake of the exercise, was still objectively better, but it, it's not a crazy gap from what we just saw. The second quarterback is Josh Allen. I had a feeling. Yeah, I, I know his so the, stats pretty well. They're but, so but, similar statistically. But, but if you, as passers, yes, but Herbert does not do with his legs what Allen does with his legs. And yeah. that's part of the Allen conversation. Sure. Yeah. And like I said, objectively, when I didn't know who quarterback B was, I still thought those numbers were better. No, it's but he's he's a better quarterback. But he's yeah. in the same ballpark. It's not like he's not in the same and ball. You said you said he's not even objectively in the same ballpark as the top I, five no, guys. I said that he can be in the same he can be in the same ballpark as them. But he's on the green monster, and they're at home plate. You feel me? I I just think I disagree, and I think I think wait, this wait, year he has the chance to go nuclear. Okay, I don't disagree, and especially with Kellen Moore coming in, that's part of where this is coming from. The the excuses are being reversed now. We have we have reasons. I don't care we have, about Kellen Moore. Get him out of here. I care, I care about, about him having Moore. a supporting staff. I care about him having three active wide receivers. If he I care three wide so receivers, so much about Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore is so smart. He's so good. Right, no, one hundred percent. But he didn't make Dak who he was. And I think if we're going to attribute, like you said, if you're going to put the narrative like get the excuses out of the way, you can't also attribute his success to a coach either. If he comes out and balls out, what Matters. if he gets the exact same stats and throws for 20 extra touchdowns? Are you going to be like that 45 touchdowns? More? 45 touchdowns. Nuts. Let's do I'd 10 be really extra. impressed. Yeah, I was going to say. If he hits 35, which is which is average for him which actually is, because he had 31 as rookie hits 35. year, 38 his sophomore year. Then he's then he's equaling what Allen throws as a passer with when Allen also has eight touchdowns rushing. You know what I mean? Seven. Like I get right. right. But I but I and I get the point and I and I'm with it. I'm with it. Who's your top five quarterback, Zach? Since we're talking about here. Yeah, Paul Mahomes. I mean, we're not talking if, if you want to talk in no, 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 no. IRL, NFL. Okay. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow. And then this is where it gets it's murky, so dicey. It's um, dicey. No, fuck. It's probably Herbert. I'm sorry. It's probably Herbert for me. Yeah. Woo, you have him at four, my guy. I don't even know if I have him in my top six. Because I, I won't. As a quarterback, I'm not taking Jalen Hurts above him. He's fantastic. But He's you have to an absolute the, but you baller. Have to, but no, I'm putting the put, rushing into conversation. If you take Hurts, you say as a quarterback, team, what do you mean by that? I don't like. I, I mean individual play. If you take Hertz off that Eagles team, he's not as good. If you take Herbert out of LA, I still think he's as good. It's it's an interesting conversation, but but let's not act like Herbert wasn't doing it in every area of the field. Like Herbert was executing on a really high level. His shoulder, he also had a shoulder injury too, just like Justin Herbert, and it didn't stop him from still carrying his team to the Super Bowl, basically on his own back. Yeah, I mean, no, he had a great season, but. It was a thousand less passing yards, a phenomenal defense, and the best offensive line in the NFL. Yeah, you can't no, say that are, about. So those look, are, it's a, I, 
It's fair. I don't. I love Hurts. Don't get me wrong. I think he's fantastic. He's probably five for me. I got. Six. I have Hurts at four. I have the same top three as you in the same order. It really, it really is good for our podcast that you have Allen over over Burrow. <laughs> that would really that would suck if you if you had. I mean, it's okay. We'll see how I, this year goes. I've learned how to stomach that 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 point. You know, I, I think until Allen gets to a Super Bowl, you you've said that from to me from the minute we met before you know we even knew the results of that Bills Bengals game. But I think until Allen makes it to the dance, I, I think he's gonna be subjected to the to the negative, you know, he's gonna be subjected to those different kinds of opinions and that different of kind course. of yeah, yeah, it's fair. Um I, whether or not it's fair, but it, it, it happens. Um Burrow has been there, he has, and he's been closer. Than, than Josh now twice. Um, regardless, b- besides the point, that top three is cement. I like Hertz at four, and I like Lamar Jackson at five, baby. Give me a bounce back year for the former MVP. Okay. I just see it. I see it. I, like, really. It's hilarious I'm, that you have him there because initially, when I ranked him yes, high in what I know. this was again fantasy, you were like, I can't believe he's even in your top eight. You're like, I can't believe you have him there. Like, what you know about what it was? You know, issue? You know was the contract stuff really was was uncool i did not love all that and also his supporting cast he's never had a supporting cast like this but this again is, that doesn't make him a worse quarterback but i think it factors into the likelihood that he'll be he'll elevate to his former but he was that good you can't you're not you can't project when you're saying your top five you can't be next year he'll be so good with the supporting cast that's why he's in my top five no no no. he was well, in your top five saying, with his but, terrible supporting but we're not cast. saying top five quarterbacks Last season, no, we're saying top five quarterbacks this season, right? We're saying top five quarterbacks right now. So it evolves the conversation. From their career. You can't evolve what hasn't happened yet. You can't evolve something that's in that. You can't say, oh, he's going to be better. Like, he probably will. I think but so. He's in your top really five do. because of what he's been. It has nothing to do with what he's going to do next year. That's true. You because wanna, yeah, You want to get him anywhere near there if he's for- if you These said, forecasting, this forecasting is like the best predictor of future success is past success and lamar jackson the last time he had even a half decent supporting cast had the ravens on well i would say on the doorstep of the super bowl but they kind of crapped the bed in the playoffs but that's besides the point i would probably i mean he's in my top five so i think i'm gonna like tentatively lock this in no lamar oh cool for me it would go mahomes allen burrow herbert lamar hurts yeah, and then at seven, Trevor Lawrence. I I think uh, yes, and and I think for me, it's it's uh, it's Allen. Or I mean, sorry, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Hurts, Lamar, Herbert. Um, and so then he's in the ballpark of a top five. He's at six for you, and you're sitting there being like, he's not. A, he's in a ballpark. He's I'm in just a, capping. He's in a rough year. I'm just capping, bro. You know, I got to do it. I got to do it for the people, man. They need me. You know the. I'm the voice of the people, man. You know, everybody knows, like, you know. You're on the they, Herbert hate bandwagon, bro. I got to get you off. He's I do not off. hate Herbert. I want to make that perfectly clear. I just, I'm just not one to crown people until they deserve it. I really respect, I'm a process over results person all the way, but we all know that the NFL is a results-based league. And so, therefore, a man who's had one playoff appearance and had one of the most embarrassing meltdowns in nfl sports history i mean you know they're, they're I, bad. It, I don't know if I'd and it's it. just kind of crazy that he's just so impervious to criticism it's just crazy i don't think he's impervious i think he's been getting a ton of it 
Well, just you're been... looking at one. You're thinking of Emmanuel Acho and the social media QB thing, and that's just stupid. That's just because Acho was a Dolphins homer, and he, you know, wants the Dolphins to have been right about Tua over Herbert, which they're not. I like Tua. Tua is probably right there in that conversation, but Herbert's objectively better than Tua. Yo, I, I definitely. I, think, I mean, yeah. Look, listen, here when we're talking, you say it's a results-based league. You're talking about a quarterback that has never thrown under 4,000 yards in his career, including yeah. his rookie season, yeah. only it's thrown under 30 touchdowns one time and never had more and never had more than half interceptions to his touchdown ratio at mm. any season in his NFL career. That to me is proving it. He's been But the but the team but success has been just straight up basically bad. I would say bad to mediocre. Yeah, it's very bad. And that sucks. And I think you can make the case that Staley was part of the reason in both the game that they lost to the Raiders that sent them home. And then the following year, the game that they blew in the playoffs, which is why I can't believe Staley still has a job. I think, I think everybody feels that same exact way. Um, I think he might be a, a lame duck coach. I think we'll see. I mean, I think if we're talking hot seat quarterbacks this year, Staley is on the hot seat much, much, much more than Herbert. I agree. But I think that Herbert's seat is like when you have a charger that's like not great and it's plugged in for too long and then you pull the brick out to unplug it and it burns your hand. And you're like, what the hell? This is a charger brick. Why is it so hot? I guess I you're just like, can't see a world where anything would cue the chargers to move on from Herbert after this season. Absolutely not. That Yeah, and that's the thing where like there's different levels of hot seat and there's different levels of, of worry and like of of... of I guess if you're talking about uh, consequences of the, these players not hitting their ceiling, it's a lot more of an organization thing and a lot more of a of a you know what will happen to the player in that setting, as opposed to will that player keep a job? Like that's 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 the big difference of like Herbert has a lot riding from a legacy standpoint and from a, I think like a a, a general public opinion standpoint. I think he's got a lot more writing than other players from that regard. But if you're talking about job wise, the other names on our list are much, much, they got a lot more on the line than Herbert does. Well, let's breeze through a couple of those then. Um, We'll make some short points on these guys. Uh, I think obviously you've got Russ, but that's pretty public. I mean, that's stated. He had a horrendous, horrendous year in Denver. One of the worst of all time compared to expectations. Yeah, yeah, compared to, I mean, not, yeah, compared to expectations, sure. He was still middle of the pack as a quarterback, but uh, below, mean, below average. Yeah, uh, he's obviously on the hot seat. If things don't turn around with Sean Payton, things are going to get bad in Denver really, yeah. really fast. Yeah, and bad in like a kind of cra- catastrophic way because the money that's tied up in Russ, the, the assets money- that were tied up in acquiring him, and then the same with Sean Payton. I mean, I think Sean Payton is the kind of guy who, is like a prove it to me kind of guy. And if Russ doesn't go out there and prove to Sean Payton who he is and what he does, I think that Sean Payton will pull the trigger very fast. It will see. They don't have a lot of flexibility with his contract. So, but if you're pulling the trigger, you're leaving that team with nothing because they can't afford another quarterback and they got no picks to draft one. So if you pull the trigger on Russ, you're, you're probably starting nobody for two, three years, letting that team just die. So he's yeah, I mean, clearly on the hottest seat for me this season. Hottest seat because 
the one question that's been asked about Russell Wilson time and time again, and it's finally, we're going to get our answer. Is it possible to play your way out of the hall of fame? Because it seems like that's yeah. what Russell's trying to do. <laughs> like that I'm man had it first ballot. And now he's looking dicier. That man's seat in the hall of fame was warm for when he was going to get indicted or inducted. <laughs> and now his seat is warm the other way. It's like his, his ass is on fire big time. Well, let's let's bring up two other guys then. Um, we've already talked a bit about Aaron Rodgers, but I think he's got a lot of expectations on him. So we'll throw him in this conversation. I like throwing him in this conversation. I think it's fair. We don't fair. need to dive in too deep. But, but the thing that I'll say this, the thing that has the most writing on that season is the fact that it's very much a last dance kind of situation. He's got a year, maybe two max in New York. And that team gave up everything to get him. And that team is really like their future is paused if Aaron Rodgers doesn't take them, you know, to the promised land, really. I mean, they put a pause on their future for not for a good couple of years for a fun run. Like that's what it feels like almost. It almost feels like that's what it almost feels like they know that. We'll see. Yeah. yeah it's definitely a lot to be seen. Yeah. Um, and then two other guys I want is Mac Jones, because I I think he's fair in this conversation. Big time. Mac Mac Jones belongs in this conversation, yes. And then second of that is Geno Smith. I think he should be in this conversation as well. That's an um, interesting one. That's an interesting one. Let me back it up a little bit. Please. Is, so we have a quarterback who fizzled out with the Jets, spent, what, I don't know, almost eight years as a backup quarterback, yeah. comes into this year's Seattle, has a absolute phenomenal year. If he goes back to anywhere near sub-average, that story ends. Yeah. And it and he's getting paid to the point where that that one year it might be paying his bills forever. Um, if oh, I mean he'll be set for life. He's but set that, for that life. Contract is a a, a a glorified one year contract. I mean they have an out basically after one and a half years. It is, but how how likely is it that they'll need that, Zach? I mean that team. I think Gino is so set up for success. I'm not saying that I think Gino's going to go out there and be a top five quarterback. We've already established where the parameters are for that, but I don't think top 10 is out of, out of the realm of possibilities with that supporting cast, with those weapons that he has. Those are the best weapons he's ever had in his career. You're you're proving my point here. That's why he's on the hot seat. He's set up for perfect. If he doesn't, like you said, you're like, it could have another top 10 season. If he doesn't have that, if he goes back to even slightly old Gino, people maybe watch more film from last year they didn't have before. They say, this is how they're game playing. This is how it goes. Yeah. If he doesn't do what he did last year, the floor is going to fall out. So his his leash is so short because there wasn't those expectations before. He yeah. just needed to be okay, and he was great. And if he's not yeah. great again and goes back to underperforming, if that Seattle team, for any reason, doesn't make the playoffs or they have a higher pick, he's gone. He's, I, he's absolutely gone. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And I think that would really suck for Gino. And I think that would really suck for the, you know, the people who Dude, love to romanticize. Like Me too. Crazy. I was going to say, we, people like us, we love those storylines. We love those underdogs. I mean, the, the uh, they wrote me off, but I ain't right back is like some of the coldest. That's like the coldest bar in NFL history. Um, so but his leash you know, has to be incredibly tight. But like for all the reasons you said, this team is set up for success. Their offense is loaded. Defense Their got defense a lot better. Getting they better. Got, yeah, they absolutely. Got a lot of pieces this offseason. I'm I'm I've been saying this, and I don't think it's crazy to say it. I think they are an absolute threat. If the Niners quarterback situation 
you know, if the controversy bleeds into the regular season at all, I don't think it's crazy to think the Seahawks can win this division. I told, I mean, I we disagreed on this. I told you I thought they were a Super Bowl contender next year, and you. Oh yeah, I, I, there. I still think that's like a bit extreme. It's, it's a I mean, long shot. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. But this is what we're talking about. These are the type of expectations that are on Geno's shoulder next year, and with a guy with no proven history, not a lot behind him. They don't have a ton of money involved after next year. All that screams to me is that he's got no leash. They have nothing tied to him. If they see half a season of faltering, if he doesn't play out of his mind, I just think the floor could fall out so quick and we could lose such a good story. And I don't think it'll happen. I don't. I really don't. I think, I think so we either. saw the truth of like what Gino kind of could be, which I is agree. a above average quarterback, not a superstar, Definitely. but a, yeah. a great quarterback. And I hope that's the truth, but I think his seat is warm. I think I think everything's good right now. It's fair to say. But if things go downhill, I think they'll go downhill quickly in Seattle. I think Geno Smith's seat is warm like a cup of coffee that you are trying to cool down so you can drink it right away, but you put too much ice in it. And then you're like, damn, this isn't even a hot coffee anymore. I totally ruined it. Go south so fast. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, oh, my first couple of sips were so good. But then I let it get way too cold, and now it's just, just not even drinkable. That's the kind of warmth that we're talking about with Gino. Like it's not, you know, it's it's hot coffee with too much ice. It's it's not it's not uh you know, you know what what's the place McDonald's where they like burn the lady? She sued him. Not McDonald's hot. That's Russell Wilson's seat, and that's this oh, other yeah. guy. There we have one guy left on this list that is just a, a glaring. He's just staring us in the face, and that's Mac Jones. Uh, you know. The chance for Bailey Zappi at Foxborough last year, um, I think I will hear them in my dreams for the rest of my life. That was such an unbelievable time. Zappi mania. Um, I'm not sure I think his seat is as hot as you do. I mean, we talked about this last season when Zappi was coming in. You were like, oh, he might just take that job. And I, I remember I told you, I was like, there's no shot. There's well, no shot. First he round pick, job. Former first round pick. And He's as soon got- as he was healthy, he was right back on the field. Yeah, and he had a nice little, um, you know, he had a great rookie year. Uh, he w- was the best of those quarterbacks that year. I think it's absolutely not going to be him moving forward. I think Justin Fields is re- getting ready to take off. And we'd um, be remiss to say that he literally didn't have an offensive coordinator. Literally. That's true. Absolutely like, fair. There, it's not that it was a bad one like we have other these <laughs> conversations. He didn't have one. Yeah, no, it's fair. It, a, it sucks. That's, that's tough. <laughs> it sucks that he was put in that position and and – you know, if I wasn't such a, a Bills fan, I might have felt bad for him. That's um, like walking into a brand new job. Your first year, you're there. And then the second year, they're like, by the way, we want you to do all the same stuff. But you have no manager. You have no one telling what yeah. you have to do. Just just go do it. Like, yeah, that's I, that's just not straight fun. Tough. Not fun. Um, I, felt, I felt for him. I do feel for him. Um, but also, I mean, if you're going to put tell a player to put an S on their chest and be a Superman – then they better have the traits to do it. And I'm sorry, but Mac Jones just that's one thing that Mac Jones hurts suffers in. He does not have traits. He his arm no, I mean, is a water pistol. Accuracy. He's accurate, but he's yeah. not mobile. He's not particularly crafty or or uh, he doesn't have any sort of special pocket maneuverability. He's no, his his longest pass completion was 48 yards last year, which isn't horrendous, isn't great. Seven completions of 40 plus yards, which is actually pretty decent. Looking Did you at say these numbers, seven, 48 yards was his longest completion or, or air yards completion. Uh, 48 yards was his longest completion. That's like insane. Air yard. 
Oh, air no. yards. Okay. No, I mean, no, sorry. No completion in general. It was 48 yards for the Patriots. I mean, that's, that's, that's just what their team was last year. I mean, that's, that's three just, yards longer than Matt Ryan's longest completion. last well, year. Okay. That's just the lowest hanging fruit there, but I feel you though. Yeah. I feel I mean, you. It's, it was a horrendous team. He had really no one to throw to outside of Jacoby Myers. That is anybody worth mentioning, in my opinion. It's um, fair. It's a good point. And I mean, yeah, he'll be in a little bit of a hot seat. I don't think as hot as it would be in his fourth year when right. his contract is running up, obviously. Yep. But they yep. obviously want to see something. Get him an offensive coordinator. If DeAndre Hopkins ends up signing there and you bring in Juju on a decent contract, now you're running out of the excuses for a quarterback. Right. Gotta, if if you bring in both those guys, you got an and you got Bill O'Brien. Yeah, we we very well respected. Always seems to make magic happen with the Patriots. You know, I definitely could see a regression to the a positive regression for Mac Jones. I could see him getting back to the form that he was in the year that the Patriots snuck into the playoffs. If he does um, that, I think he's safe. I think he's safe for one more year, and then it, they'll ask him to take a step forward year four. But if he's the same quarterback we saw last year, we could see the Patriots maybe moving their plans around a little bit next year. And I think that that's like what I'm expecting, to be honest with you. I I personally am not expecting Mac Jones to have much more legs as a starting NFL quarterback after his rookie deal. I just don't see it. Um, you know, I I'd would really love like to see him with some with some teammates around him. I really would like to see him with some wide receivers around. If him, they get Hopkins, how it goes. that conversation becomes very interesting. And the Patriots, I don't think they enter the the echelon of of um, Bills, Jets, Dolphins in that division. I still think that it's going to be one of those three teams at the end of the day. Uh, and I smart money to me is on Buffalo, but I think Nuke makes them a wild card contender. I think Nuke makes them. I think Nuke makes Mac Jones uh, a, a usable streaming option in fantasy. I yeah, really do. I, I mean, Mac is a a weapons quarterback. He's not a quarterback yep. that's really going to succeed without the weapons. Like at least Tua. at this point in his career. Less no athletic to, Tua. Oh, man. I think I like Tua quite a bit more than that. Oh, but me too. Let's, me too. let's say a comparison there. I mean, yeah, we haven't seen Tua without style. weapons. So hard to yeah. tell. You know, he's yeah. just had great ones. Um, but like does. Mac may develop into that type of quarterback. He could be yeah. a, a pinpoint game manager. Yeah, sure. Tua's like a point guard, bro. Tua Tua plays the, the position like a point guard. It's kind of beautiful. I actually I've I've gained so much respect for Tua. Finally, looking at this, now then for how much flack Tua gets as a deep ball thrower, he has is tied for the second most completions over 40 plus yards. And his longest his longest completed pass was 84 yards second to only josh allen's 98 yards (laughs) yeah but the thing with tua is that you know i mean you have those weapons i mean you 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 tell me to throw the ball as far as i can and tyree kills going for it tyree kills getting the ball tyree kills just the best deep ball receiver in the nfl one of them definitely he's just him and so is waddle they're both special with the ball in the air so yeah, no, he's got fact, great weapons. Hard to tell which came first, chicken or the egg. And you'll never yeah. be able to tell that with Tua no. because hopefully he he'll always have great receivers. Yeah. yeah. And 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 hopefully we, we talked about this on last week's show. Hopefully we never have to worry about the health thing. Hopefully that just goes away. I mean, that would be in a perfect world. This man never gets another concussion and we never have to think about the, the unfortunate truth about his his potential you know, risk that he takes as, as we got off the rails with Tua though, he's not in my hot seat conversation. Really, No, absolutely not. No, it's just nice to talk about, you know, when things come up, I, I, I like, uh, 
I like Tua. I think Tua can be a top five QB. I think that's I, a ceiling. I do kind of agree with you. I, I mean, like five I, is I like a ceiling. A but... lot. I think I think we're gonna see a little bit of like a post hype sleeper with Tua where people are kind of yeah. down on him. Yeah. And he'll come back up this year. I mean, what's absolutely wild is he finished with just such stim- similar stat lines to Trevor Lawrence last year, other than the yardages. And yeah, there's just a huge gap in how people see those guys. And obviously, and I, Trevor, think, I, mean, I love Trevor, Trevor's so awesome. don't get wrong with me. Trevor can be I, in the top like, five too. Yeah. He's, he's right at the edge of mine. He's just so close. I think he breaks into that this year for me. Um, I, I think he can start guy? pushing... Yeah, love the game of times. I like to call uh, Trevor Lawrence the prince who was promised. That's yeah, like my who coined that term. I've seen that. Oh, have you? I don't know. I've, I say it all the time. I don't know if that's a thing, but if, it, no, I, I should coin it because I don't know if I if I if I know who says it. I should. Be, I've I should seen get out it on fantasy him. on some fantasy Twitter. He's posts the prince before. who was promised, bro. Every he I've never seen a prospect anointed other than maybe Andrew Luck. I've never seen a prospect anointed. The way that that Trevor he disappointed year one, but he's back. I I could see that was an Urban Meyer thing. It's so easy to yeah, you could chalk that, and that's we that is an excuse. But do you see the second he has a competent coach? Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. The second he has a competent coach, he he goes out and proves to us all who he is. Definitely, he listen. He could push into my, and I mean this with all seriousness. He could push into my Josh Allen, Joe Burrow tier next year. I, I really Ooh, think it's possible. It's possible. I don't, yeah, it's and I don't think possible. it'll take much of a leap. I think he throws for, you see a gap of five to eight more touchdowns next year. You get a little bit better, like a little more steady. We saw him the at the end of the season. Are upgraded, man. Yeah, getting I mean, Calvin Ridley is insane. Calvin Ridley is amazing. Getting uh, Tank Bigsby in the in the backfield. Ingram's back. You know, uh, Kirk, Zay Jones. Yeah. Zay Jones. I mean, who the hell thought? that he would ever see a resurgence in his career, but he's, he looked sharp last year, man. He's a he's darn good, good he's receiver. A good, he's a good receiver three right, right yeah. out there for him. Huh. I, I could see him taking that leap for me this year, especially in just single player ability. I wouldn't be shocked to see Trevor Lawrence kind of start getting on the level with those other guys. And the Jags, I think have to handle that division in order to assert themselves as like the dominant team. Cause I mean, the Colts, a rich is going to be breathing down their necks. If he, if he starts putting it together and we see a good season from Anthony Richardson, I think the Titans with Mike Rabel, they're never out. And you know, I'm the biggest Texans truther on this planet and you love CJ Stroud. So I don't see them in the conversation this year, but I get what you're saying. I don't either, but I think, yeah. Do you think, do you think their pick that they traded away is going to be a top 10 pick or a top five pick? I should say, I think it could be a top 10, but I don't think it's going to be top five. I don't think the Houston's going to be one of the five worst teams in the league. I just don't see it. Just so hard to tell at this stage for me. No, uh, for I want to see a couple games under the belt first before I'm no. willing to make that call. I love D'Amico Ryan's. Love yeah. CJ Stroud. Love Devin Singletary, Dalton Schultz. Their talent on the rest of their team is dicey. Yeah, dicey. Will Anderson's great. Could be great. Yeah. Could be great. Stroud he was like could a, be great. Will Anderson was like a can't miss prospect, man. He like people said he was better than Aiden Hutchinson and Trayvon Walker. You know who else was a can't miss prospect? Jadavian Clowney, the consensus number one overall pick. And you know where he's at right now? He doesn't necessarily have like a bad. He's not where had like he's Kevin? had a disappointing career. You know what? Team but he, he's on? uh, exactly, Seattle? exactly. Yeah. I don't. I have no, I have no idea. I have no oh. clue. He's I couldn't tell around. you. He's I couldn't tell around. you because he's, he's not very it good. Sucks. No, he's he's not. He's had a tough career. He's had a sad career. So Will Anderson could be good. 
We'll see. Yeah. No. There's um, a lot of coulds with Houston. Too many coulds for my taste. My good sir, we I believe we have one thing left to get to before we we part ways for, for the night, correct? Yeah, I think we can run to it quick. I think we're running a little short on time. We're running we can just we can just crush a little this. about this an a, hour. Yeah, we're we, we, yeah. We'll do great, a little brainstorm great here on this and yeah. just kind of talk through this. There's been some rumors with Washington being in contact with Kareem Hunt, still a free agent among those older running backs who are all out there. And I think it kind of brings up the conversation of what we're thinking about this Washington backfield. If you play fantasy football, you know that a lot of times these murkier situations drive down ADP. That's where you find the diamonds in the rough, the league Hell winners. Yeah. They come in murky situations. If every situation was clear, you would know exactly who to draft and you wouldn't get values. So a lot of times you see the value come out of these murky situations. And I think this year it's going to be a good test of Washington's backfield. New head coach. They're going to be running a new offense. You have the previous reign. I think they have the same head Gibson. coach. New new, new OC. Bien-Ami uh, joined. You're right. I'm so sorry. Yeah. New yeah, OC. Yeah. New offense. You have the previous reigning running back in Antonio Gibson who had had multiple top 12 seasons in fantasy yeah. as a running back. That's something that like this year is totally not known in the mainstream. Antonio Gibson was left for dead last year. Oh, I mean, I, I thought he was such a value last year and it didn't go my way. Unfortunately, nah, he was, yeah, he was tough, but then you have Brian Robinson coming in, taking a larger workload than people thought and kind of seemed to take the role. I mean, Gibson was almost relegated to special teams duties at some point of the year, but now you've got a different regime coming in, running that offense. Rivera's taking a backseat on the offensive decisions, yep. the personnel decisions. Yep. And so it puts you in a situation. Who are we going to see? Are we going to see Gibson? Are we going to see more Brian Robinson? Are you going to maybe see if Kareem Hunt comes in, does that ruin these guys for you completely? Or do you think it's just going to be a little bit of fluff? I think it's tough. If Kareem Hunt comes in, I would probably try to avoid this backfield, to be completely honest with you. Um, as of right now, I am definitely in on Gibson as a post-hype sleeper. Um, Brian Robinson just doesn't do it for me. Um, I like his play style just fine in from an NFL perspective um, because you do need three to four yards every once in a while. You, you are going to need short yardage backs, but Brian Robinson for a short yardage backs were two touchdowns last year that's crazy that's like not good and he had a lot of opportunities and he averaged less than four yards a carry so brian robinson for a, a true between the tackles runner yes he was coming back from being shot a lot of respect for the man for that Absolutely. but yep. it does not necessarily mean that he, like you know he came back was fully healthy allegedly and i don't know didn't look didn't look super great to me yeah, I think uh, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I had a lot of hype for Gibson coming in. He was RB13 and then RB12 and then like RB27 to 35, depending on your scoring tough, settings. Tough last year. And he, his sophomore year, he rushed for 1,000 yards and yep. seven touchdowns the year before, 11 touchdowns. He's kind of been a touchdown guy for a little while. And then that dropped off the map. He's obviously the most capable receiving back between... I mean, Kareem Hunt has the chops for sure, but that there's a question would, to how much juice saying. he has. Yeah. yeah, the three. I think a three-headed monster there would be murky, but Kareem Hunt would also be no lock to no lock to make the roster after training camp. So that's true. Yeah, depending on I what think, he's paid and the situation. 
Yeah, look at the contract. Depending on what, if That's he gets and signs and it's a low contract, I think I'm still comfortable signing Gibson. He's been getting a lot of hype. He should get that pass down roll. And I just think if they start giving him the ball more, which they refused to do this last year, yeah, he's going to show you the talent again. And I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Dynasty, maybe a little scarier because if that doesn't happen, you're kind of just caught holding the bag. But yeah. redraft where he's going, which I think is around six right now um on current adp it's near the running back dead zone but you could you could end up with a starting running back there and that to me signifies league winner if he gets the right break good sir i know that you and i did some preparation for this episode did you by any chance go through antonio gibson's game log from last year i have not but i have it up here right now so don't look at it really quick in his diminished role where he was rb27 Guess how many games Antonio Gibson had fewer than two receptions? Three. You think he had three? I think he only had it in three or more. You think he? He? You think he had two or more receptions in three games? Yes. You ready for this? Yep. Antonio Gibson had one game where he had fewer than two receptions. Wow, I don't remember him getting. Is that not amazing? No, is that not incredible? Even in a even in a world, so Kareem Hunt comes in. That shakes that up to me because Kareem Hunt did that for Cleveland. Listen to this, bro. Seven receptions, two receptions. Week three was his one reception game. Three, 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 seven, two, three, 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 two, two, two. This man is a pass catching machine. As he should. He played wide receiver in college. He 46 receptions when he was absolutely cast aside last year. And and you know, you didn't you didn't really feel the weight of that a ton because he only had two receiving touchdowns but positive regression is super possible and rookie or sorry young starting quarterback sam howell love throwing to the running back so give me antonio gibson without kareem hunt kareem hunt comes in i'd probably not touch the backfield i think for me i'm also in on gibson i don't think i'm on the brian robinson train i think he's kind of just a guy um, good runner of the football. Fine but, flyer to take it in a later round just to maybe yeah, potentially throw. Yeah, if he's throw. falling at some point where he's like a dart throw, you never know what happens. But don't draft him to start him. I think I'm agree there. If Kareem Hunt comes in, I'm I'm assuming it's pushing Antonio Gibson down to the point I'm still willing to take him because that mm. may push him around to down down to around eight or nine. And at that me. point. At that point, around eight or nine, you're probably taking a bunch of flyers anyway, maybe a second quarterback, which I don't take a second quarterback. But I'm probably still in. It would depend on ADP there. Right now with Price, I'm in on Gibson. Post-Cream Hunt, yeah. He's got the relationship with the offensive coordinator already from Kansas City. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, I'd be a little nervous. I think I'd be a little nervous too. Right now, I'm I'm super. And those Gibson numbers, just they they, those just blew my mind, bro. Like, I, I... I was shocked looking at those. So it's fun to to capitalize on that, on that shock on the air. Cause I, I had a feeling you would feel similarly. Um, but I feel good about where, where we left things. Zach, what do you think, man? Are we ready to wrap this puppy up? Yeah, I think it's time to end another episode here. Last one before you dip to France, enjoy your three week vacation. Hopefully you, you guys will still be hearing from us. We're going to try and get this figured out. If not, That's you'll see some blips of content from here and there from oh, us yeah. on our own coffee reviews. Yeah. Last one from the coffee shop. You ready to sign out for the day? Oh, dude, I'm ready, man. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you, Zach, for being here. 